This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. (laughs) (laughs) Electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you will get your first brush head refill free. That is tryquip.com slash thumbs. Uh, in case you're wondering what it is, it's January fourth. I know. Sorry, I, I knew that. Year. I was just I was on the brink of sneezing for that entire. Oh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to shame you. Oh, I, I, know, just... I thought you were trying to just like not shame you. Oh, uh, like... in case anyone was wondering, <laughs> in case anyone whose job it is to know this, to know the date. doesn't know it. In case there's some itzer around here uh, slacking off. Yeah, in case there's some subprime itzer. Uh, sub the subprime itzer. Subprime itzer. Yeah. <laughs> Dipshit itzer. Alert. <laughs> A dipshitzer. Dipshitzer. <laughs> anyway, I'm not saying who. I just mean if anyone oh. is that person. Uh, it's it's January 4th right now. It's January 4th, 2018. Oh, my God. And this is important if true. For idle thumbs, I am Chris Remo. <laughs> I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, Man, wow. getting into the 2018 mood by just being worse. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was no way. That <laughs> intro was like the one of the best ones. That's that true. was one of the top. Uh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> Nick is ringing in this new year on an optimistic and new note. Yep. Um, although we're recording this in the past. Yeah. So we yeah. don't know yet what 2018 has in no, store. We I, could guess. It's no. real. I, we, it's well. occurred to me that we keep doing these. We've had to prep so many of these episodes. Important if true. I. I fairly appropriately at this point in my brain feels like it just exists in some kind of indefinite slipstream some sort of yeah. temporal melange of dates and weeks and years at this point where all the things we're saying into the mic just sort of flow out into the into the space-time continuum and get garbled up and spit back out onto podcatchers with reckless abandon. Yeah, I don't know how any of it works anymore. Yeah, important if True's existence in the time stream is, stream is definitely sort of the spaceship spiraling out of control in like the dusty asteroid belt where there's just little bits right. flying off of <laughs> yeah. it as it careens up and down through through things. Just Smashing just, into just, things. Just making a mess. Destroying things on an yeah. astral scale. Yeah. 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 Um, I like to think of it as that we're we're a timeless podcast. I mean, I just we're, ti- we're a timeless. Oh, podcast. that's good. In more ways yeah, than one, yeah. we are a timeless podcast. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's our new slogan for twenty eighteen. That's the that's the optimistic twenty eighteen version of it. Yeah. yeah. Important yeah. if true, timeless. Yeah. <laughs> that's our that's our attempt to like rebrand this podcast for the upscale right. prestige <laughs> yeah. podcast market. Yep. Yeah, we could be a podcast out of time as well. That also just implies that we're hurried, mm, rushed. That's messes. true. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, visit our pop-up podcast store at Tiffany, but yours is a different, a different. Ours thing. is just we're a we're a mess. Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, speaking of a mess, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I love to speak of. a Well, mess. it's January now, but those of us who. Uh, who exist on the internet remember that in December Patreon the p- the place that we use for like our ad free podcast and subscribers yeah, yeah, yeah. made a huge mess of everything when they mm-hmm. they changed how all of their funding good or segue how huh. all of their financing worked yeah uh, where previously Patreon uh, you know it's it's a for those of you who don't know hi welcome we have a, an ad free version of this podcast available at patreon.com slash idle thumbs uh, the way that Patreon the most exclusive among you may be listening to that right now yes you might um the way that Patreon works generally is you can find uh, someone who, like a 
whose creative work you like or a project that someone's doing and you can agree to become a patron of theirs and for mm-hmm. a small number or a small amount of money a month you'll support what they're doing and patreon previously had um if you if you back someone or if you are a patron of someone at like a few dollars patreon would actually not give that creator the full amount of your money they would take a processing fee out and then they briefly decided okay well instead what we want to do is is uh pass the cost on to you, the interested financier. So if you backed someone for $10, it would charge you $10.35. A little more than that, because it was $10 plus 2.9% plus 35 cents. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, yeah. but then that that 35 cents tacked all the way down to like people who are even just paying a dollar. Right. Which is like huge additional. It's like 35% increase. Uh, And I I became briefly panicked, um, as did a lot of people on Patreon, because because patrons were dropping off. Yeah, a lot of... Pay, uh, Patreon campaign runners, including us, lost a lot of people because of that scare. Yeah, and, and I was trying to think of what the most like brash ways were that important if true could s- try to scrounge patrons back. Yeah, and the thing that I the thing that I settled on that I thought was would uh, would ultimately yield uh, a successful outcome for us mm-hmm. would be to just start live streaming episodes of Frasier on the Important <laughs> of True Patreon feed <laughs> and to rename our Patreon uh, Stream Frasier Live. Free. <laughs> <laughs> what, like one of those just like search engine optimized? Yeah. Like, just, and results? then it, we literally just <laughs> once every hour, like, post a new episode of Frasier ad free. But then I realized <laughs> that we could really uh, double down on this. Yeah. If we started digitally inserting ads for other Patreons into our Frasier episodes, <laughs> is, this, is this a solidarity thing or like a no? No, they pay us. Or, oh, I see. Okay, like so other like we're like we're, we're the king of Patreon, made Patreon Mountain now uh, with our with our Frasier streaming grift, yeah. and uh, then hold on a sec, the the Patreon ad free. <laughs> feed is for podcasts are you suggesting we would post the audio feed of <laughs> Frasier every hour to our page i wasn't campaign? sure but i thought that's that, an amazing i experiment. thought that was probably the best way to go yes yeah. would be that your podcast <laughs> suddenly just has like this third episode of season two of Frasier on it yeah uh, but no ads except then suddenly someone does a really good kelsey grammar impression right. and it's just like yeah how long do you think it would take for your average important of true listener to realize that they weren't just listening to an extended bit on important if true when this sort of tossed salad and scrambled eggs right. theme song comes on it's like oh they're gonna talk about some stupid phrase right bullshit. but then they're okay. like i really love kind of funny with greg miller and you're like excuse <laughs> me i really love independent comic artists uh because those people have paid us now that they see that we're onto something big and we're yeah. the number one patron right. uh, thing right yeah well too bad we missed our shot. I know. Patreon instead yeah, we, fixed it and yeah. changed their funding model. Confronted with the, the enormity of the- They were like, God, people the, are just going to start the pirating- fra- The Frasier override <laughs> yeah. directive. They, they, they were really worried that their platform was just going to become a, a piracy mechanism for old Frasier episodes. Mm-hmm. So they backed off on their, on their pledge strategy. Where else are you going to see- Where else are you going to listen to Frasier? <laughs> your favorite Frasier Every episode. hour, on episodes. the hour. <laughs> I mean, they may or may not be your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> When it comes to Frasier, every episode is my favorite, especially when they have uh, naturally inserted recommendations to modern products that I'm oh, interested yeah. that's, in. This is, that's our, that is our take on that CMBI, like, inserting new movie yeah, advertisements into old sitcoms. Yeah, we release, we release Frasier episodes as podcasts <laughs> and then find a couple of uh, sound-alike ah, actors. You know, yeah, actually, you know what? Because part of the plot of Frasier is that the titular Frasier is a radio host. Yeah. Mm. So 
it's That's all true. coming together. It's Chris. all coming together. We could definitely, we could definitely with the there's technology now. I'm sure you you guys have seen this that like can recreate the voice of people by f- if you feed it like a corpus of spoken audio from a person and then it can like synthesize new text read aloud in their voice by processing all of their stuff. So we just need to give it enough Kelsey Grammer Frazier uh, spoken word and then from there we can reinsert our Patreon our paid for Patreon yeah when Kelsey Grammer sells people on Quip toothbrushes and shit exactly, it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be awesome oh my God, like, my, yeah. I love me undies and I am Frazier <laughs> like what buy a Casper <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna write it's gonna be that we're just gonna it'll be so convincing we won't need to dress it up with fancy language yeah <laughs> I am sleeping on a Casper mattress <laughs> okay well good Jake <laughs> I thought that, the, Chris. <laughs> I like it. I love Look, it. I was looking out for all of us with with all of, with the work that I was putting in on this. I I love it. I mean, I I'm only sad we didn't get the opportunity to execute. Yeah, this, we missed this out. plan. I mean, we we could still just do it. That's true. Yeah, stay tuned. Well, it's 2018. We have plenty of time now. It's a fresh new year. We can implement. I hope it's fresh. All it, it fucking better mm. be fresh and new. Um, we have plenty of time to implement all Fraser related ideas. Uh, or, you know, I mean, uh, potentially other ideas as well, Frasier or not. Um, and having just concluded... One of the two types of ideas, <laughs> Frasier and other. There are two kinds of people in this world, Frasier Crane and everyone else. That's my Amazon auto-generated yep. mug or shirt. That's what Niall Crane Sorry, wears in every gesturing... episode. What, Nick? So that's that's the shirt that Niles Crane wears every episode. Sadly. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, just... I like that Chris gestured at his chest and said the word mug. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I was doing. Uh, yeah. You were being an Amazon product yeah. creator. You were saying that's a great mug, and you were gesturing at your chest right. because it will it's be a picture sh- of a right. mug the that says exactly. that on it. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and it will say mug yep. size men's large. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're looking for other ways to uh, to to plot out your 2018. We just concluded the holiday season. Um, you're, you're, if you have a family, you know your gift giving could have gone well, could have gone badly. We talked about some bad gifts recently, but there is a tool you can use if you if you if you implement this now. Uh, there is a tool that a reader wrote in to us about. Peter wrote in about this. Uh, reader Peter, uh, who <laughs> I don't know why I said that, <laughs> who tells us about this device called the Elves Behaving Badly Dummy Security Camera. You could hook this up in your home and have a full year's worth of naughty, nice behavior surveillance to help inform your gift giving for the next holiday season when it runs around. So um, Peter writes... What is this? This is a, a... Actually, you know what? I guess it doesn't actually leave you with any surveillance now that I think about it. This is yeah. a fake security camera. It is a it's it is the Elves Behaving Badly dummy security camera and what it is is it is essentially a mock-up of a surveillance camera that you install in your home to fool your children into believing that you have 24/7 surveillance of their lives, but in reality it's just it's just plastic that does nothing wow i've never hated anything more than that <laughs> yeah and it's called the elves behaving with a with an apostrophe wow elves behaving further cementing my <laughs> hatred of it more than anything else the elves behaving badly dummy security camera peter writes 
I'm not sure what's more disturbing, the nonchalant threat from the elf on the box or the product description. Oh, Encourage man. good yeah. behavior this Christmas from your little ones with this fantastic dummy CCTV camera where Elfie is watching and reporting to Santa good or bad behavior, making the run-up to Christmas better for all. What's the elf this, the threat? The, this ge- the right on, side? Th- th- hold on, hold on. This genius dummy CCTV camera features a red flashing light that makes it all the more real, sure to keep the children in line. Simply attach the camera in your child's room and have them thinking that Elfie is watching their behavior. They wouldn't want Santa to know that they're being naughty. And the the threat on the front of the box, the, addis- the like additional little word bubble from the elf is incredible. It's a little elf, like classical elf in striped stockings, uh-huh. like sitting down there, and he's got a word bubble, and he's going, hey, I'm watching you. And it's just there, and there's kids playing, and there's this <laughs> well, fucking the kids, the, yeah, the juxtaposition, looking yeah, yeah. fucking eye robot. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. No, just the juxtaposition, yeah, of those two images. Like, the, hey, I'm watching you, and then the kids are so happy. Yeah. Just like, just, 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 yay! And then yeah. the eye is just staring down at them. Yeah, look at this thing, just Jake. Like, God, it's, it's like a black fantastic. it's like a black obsidian orb with a single red LED. It's it it is it is that red LED is Santa kids but he's very far away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it's also by the way the language of the product description is extraordinary. This this is the language written by and for people who are just cheerfully growing up in a surveillance state of all of our own tacit agreement and endorsement it is like it's the thing that's amazing about it is that it's not even like the the thing i would imagine this to be my imagined version of this would be literally the opposite of it in all respects where it is a real security camera designed to look like something that isn't a security camera so you can keep tabs on your kids i'm not saying that isn't fucked up for for different reasons but that's the version sure, like of it that i would bear that you can watch your yeah that's whatever, the version yeah. of, of it i would expect that's the one that's like because that's the it's one like that I feel like that's the one right? that I feel yeah. like is traditionally honest, right? It's like you as a parent have this deep, sort of possibly overzealous and like maybe slightly shameful desire to be incredibly overprotective, but you know that it's not socially acceptable to do that, and you know that you don't want to like instill your children with this constant pervasive threat of being watched. So you you dress it up in, in like a fake teddy bear or something. And then you shamefully, you know, check out the archives once a day or something. This is the complete opposite. This is like, oh, you're totally fine with bringing up your children in an environment where they are under constant surveillance all the time, under the like, cold, watchful glare of this. Right, and then you're like, you robot. know who's behind that? Santa Claus. Yeah. It's the total opposite. I mean, again, both of these are pretty bad. He sees bad, you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you're bad or good because he is monitoring and chronicling them all <laughs> in a database that will be attached to your identity forever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's you want Santa I mean, to be good to you and you want to be president someday, right? <laughs> that's Yeah, right? I mean, that's kind of it. It's like <laughs> raising your kids for a world in which every single thing they ever do or say, because most of what they do or say will be captured by technology in some form or fashion uh, is going to be there. Well, maybe this it's is like, honest, Chris. Maybe this is a great parenting device. You remember when in cartoon, like in kids' cartoons, uh, like Doug or whatever on Nickelodeon, remember how kids... Okay, we're well, going to Doug? Well, I'm just, you know how, uh, or like this whatever show, you know how people would always talk about your permanent record? 
Yeah. That was never mm-hmm. a real thing. There was never a permanent record that followed you around from school to school. But now we just like voluntarily insert our entire lives into the permanent record that is essentially a collection of public databases that all everyone we know can search. Yeah, I don't know if we need to say much more than that. I mean, you know, I, lo- I looked into the, the background <laughs> of all this stuff. It's actually yeah. much more insidious. I mean, basically, we're oh, looking really? at like, I mean, we're looking at the end state of what this has like been. So I didn't understand any of this, but I asked, I just mentioned this product to uh, Janelle uh-huh. and she knew everything about this phenomenon. <laughs> So, so uh, because the she installed a surveillance camera in the <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah she yeah yeah no so this is called Elf on a Shelf and it Wait, is what? this it's this worldwide phenomenon of like putting elves like little like elf figurines like toy elf? Okay. on like a sh- on like the sh- like the the shelf above your like fireplace or something like 14 days before christmas or something you know i don't uh-huh. it's sort of arbitrary okay. it's a very vague phenomenon sure. but the idea is that every it's like day advent for the modern yeah age. basically right but every morning the kid comes down and the elves are like positioned in like doing different things like in different dioramas like the parents huh. every night are supposed to be changing these scenes <laughs> to like imply this. that the elves are alive and kind uh-huh. of like watching them okay so then i looked back and figured out like why is this even a thing so this is all the invention of this book, this children's book from 2005 called The Elf on the Shelf, A Christmas Tradition, which is incredible because it's literally never been a tradition until yeah, so that book m- was written. Right, yeah. It is an entirely invented contrivance. Like, it is complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plot of the book is the story describes how Santa's scout elves hide in people's homes to watch over events. Once wow. everyone goes to bed, the scout elf flies back to the North Pole to report to Santa the activities. So basically, like long story short, this phenomenon has been appropriated by a British company uh, trying to bring it to the UK. Oh. Uh, and the British company... Oh, but used- since it's in the UK, it's on a CCTV. <laughs> right, Exactly. Like, but wow. I mean, also they like they have this whole brand called Elves Behaving Badly, which is really actually like taking you with another disturbing level because their whole conceit is that the elves are not only watching you, they're also just fucking they're up also your house. Naughty. <laughs> yeah, they're also just like doing shitty things. So they have this like thing on their <laughs> Facebook page where they're like, "Show your elves behaving badly," and it's just like regular elf <laughs> dolls. But all of the all the pictures that people send in are just like elves like emptying spaghetti all over the floor or like. <laughs> elves just like what? taking other like toys and like putting them in the washing machine just like all this like shitty stuff so like not only are they like surveilling you they're also just like fucking up your whole life it's it's completely insane what? the only thing about any of this that i appreciate is that so they had elves on a shelf and then um some uh some jewish people uh like kickstarted this thing called mensch on a bench which i really appreciate <laughs> just as like a, a play of words but anyway that's the yeah. old it's, it's the whole thing is just completely fucked up and 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 does the mensch just like help you out instead of fucking up yeah no he belongings? just he's he just kind of hangs out on the bench yeah, and he's sure. just like a stuffed animal that just, just hangs good, out just, good just a good guy yeah. Yeah. this this like cyber elf uh, like home terrorist stuff is so <laughs> is so Yule Lad adjacent that I can't really yeah. deal with it. Except oh, yeah. it's like just yeah. a crap version Except of it. it's just a garbage. It's not even in, like clever. It's like, why are they doing it? They just suck. They, they're, just, they're bad. They don't like you. 
<laughs> they don't like they don't like your it's home or that. you. Why did they do it? Because you were doing it to yourself for the sake of right. posting a photo to social <laughs> media. True. It's true. Yeah, basically, all of yeah. these are just microcosms for our time. You know what's ridiculous, Nick? When you say that, the like the the notion that the elves behaving badly dummy CCTV camera is in the tradition of Elf on the Shelf is preposterous to me because mm. this is not even again like I need to reiterate my initial like surprise over what this actually is versus what I would assume it to be it's not even an elf it is just a fucking yeah. like cold soulless orb that stares at you it's not there's nothing about it that is elfin Chris, in any children way. have wonderful imaginations there's a little cartoon elf drawn on the side of it. Yeah, and you look That's, at that every night when you're in bed and just imagine what that elf is thinking about. Yeah. God. I it's I, <laughs> I mean, I assume there's also a one of I assume someone makes one of these that is an actual elf figurine. That yeah. sits on the hearth and and just know, has blinking that's red the, eyes. It also has no yeah, camera. Right. And it just yeah. it just stares at children. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's, that's the real camera. That's, the that's that tradition. that one has the real camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's an even more insidious way to get your children to like voluntarily put themselves under surveillance. Is is tie the like camera in the eye elf doll into the like mm. fun daily tradition of putting them in wacky positions on the shelf. Uh, because then you're just like the you know the kids like love the elf they're like oh this is my elf show the elf that you're dressed properly for school right exactly and then the yeah. elf goes, <laughs> and looks at you and you're like, yeah god you could turn that into E-L-F. a whole thing yeah. the elf really wants to know that you finished your homework and ate your broccoli elf wants to make sure yeah, you but imagine your teeth. all these things being true but then the kid is just going and showing it to the orb camera in the corner of their room <laughs> oh, no oh god it has no anthropomorphized oh. elf on it oh barf <laughs> oof terrible. What if you, you tell your kid, you're like, well, Santa has really good machine learning algorithms, like far better than ours. <laughs> yeah. And the camera, it just hold it up and it'll recognize if you did your homework correctly. <laughs> yeah. And it'll judge you naughty or nice. So it's okay. It'll tell God, you. That would probably be shockingly effective, but would also likely have the ability to backfire in the most. Yeah. It would just- raise a generation of cyber warriors who put the <laughs> crazy face paint and weird clothing on themselves <laughs> so that Santa only sees them as good and right. only gives them the best toys. Right. And then they know how to take down the fucking government. Chris. Well, except it would raise an army of like failed criminals who are like, mm. I know how to bypass the elf. Right. Eye. Yeah. Like that guy who is a, who is a, a attempted burglar who got caught because he brazenly just like robbed a store with no mask or anything. And when he got caught, they're like, he's like, how did you find me? And they're like, um, you literally just like were had your face on a camera in a store. And he's like, but I was wearing the juice. And they're like, what? <laughs> and apparently this guy read on some internet forum, some like anti-government you know, like anti-conspiracy or conspiracy thing that if you cover your face in lemon juice, cameras can't see you. So he just covered his face in lemon juice and just openly robbed a store. And and the end, he was caught. His face looked like a face. A slightly lacquered face. So I can imagine kids in this in the tradition of kids like yeah. determining their own if you remember back from I don't even remember what episode of Important of True it was, but when we were talking about the Furbies that kids uh This is the goblin, like, this is the ghost. Yeah, yeah, that they were like deemed the the Furby skeleton to be the goblin and the Furby skin to be the ghost. Right, that was like episode three or something. It was a long time ago. Yeah, if you imagine children like creating their own 
El, you know, elf camera defeating lore. Or the guy in the bad gift episode who declared that he knew about which dimension aliens were from and all of that yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's totally a kid thing is to like determine amongst yourselves that you've figured out some knowledge and then right, so there's this like instantly convinced by it. Uh, colloquial kid stories about like the psyops that you have to initiate right. to, to bypass your elf camera. Right, exactly. And then yeah. that has no bearing on actually managing to escape the crazy fascist state right. in which you live. Yeah, exactly. Unless the people who create that are of your same generation and they've modeled it all on what they believe <laughs> oh, to be elf technology. Right. They, their own unconscious biases yeah. about the reality of these detection devices yeah. have somehow filtered their way. I think that's what people mean when they talk about uh, embedded bias and algorithms. Yeah. I think what they mean mm. is like kids grow up thinking that you can put lemon juice on your face to escape uh, your HAL 9000 elf eye uh, <laughs> and that ends up being true. I think that's pretty much yeah, what I people mean when they say that. <laughs> uh, good. The elf uh, eye also has a really bad time hiring uh, women and people of color. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's quite a problem. <laughs> I mean, you've seen elves. That's true. They're all just little white dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, you you brought it up. You, I, I you, know. Oh, you have to own that. I, no, yeah, they sell a black elf on on their website, but on it's not it's not elf? a black elf. It's just wearing a black suit. Oh, fuck off! For yeah, real, it's terrible. Yeah, yep. Everything That's about like a stealth bad. elf. Um, all right, let's. I can't deal with this anymore. We got to stop. A stealth elf on a shelf. Yeah, it's enough. For, it's too much for me. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> You have more to say here? You keep, yeah, I, feel like, I feel like it, that spoke for itself. <laughs> I think it did too. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Uh, we have uh, an email from Phoebe. This is on a very different note. Phoebe writes, with this semester winding down, I have a conundrum. I live in a suite style dorm with five other students, none of whom I knew before this semester. At the beginning of the semester, all of us bought items for the suite's shared spaces, a common area and a bathroom. Unfortunately, as the semester has gone on, my roommates have gotten increasingly intolerable, not cleaning up after themselves, being loud at 3 a.m., etc. Because of this, I'll be moving to a new dorm next semester, but I'm left with a decision. I haven't told my roommates I'm leaving. We rarely speak, and there's no good icebreaker for this conversation. So how do I handle the shared items that I bought? Do I just not say anything and make off with my cleaning supplies and hand towels like a thief in the night? It's hard to imagine they won't notice me packing my bags and moving away if I take the things from the common areas with me, but I don't want to leave behind things I spent money on. How would you handle this situation? Help is greatly appreciated. Signed, is it technically stealing if I bought it in Pittsburgh? <laughs> God, this is real. This is this is real shit. I, yeah. I wasn't sure if this was about furniture or about small things because <clears throat> Phoebe specifically says putting it in a handbag, but if it is about furniture... I mean, if this is this sounds like it's all about avoiding confrontation while reclaiming things that are yours. Yeah, and I for some uh, reason I, I categorize this as being about furniture. Because well, when I hear sure when why. I when I hear common area things, I think yeah. as a person who shared an apartment that it's about furniture. And I think we can we can give furniture advice sure, uh, yeah. as well. Although uh, dorm advice, I mean, the, the the central piece though in Phoebe's problem, I think um, the the fulcrum point might be. Uh, you can get away with this because the problem is that your housemates don't care. I think that might mean that the solution is that they don't care. Um, That's probably true. So, I mean, well, that said, if you want to be if you want to be super insidious, I, I, and it is furniture. I'm assuming since you're college students, it's probably IKEA furniture. Yeah, which means you could like do like you could snidely whiplash this. What you basically it? like. Two or three days before you leave, just get the hex wrench out and just take a couple bolts off of the furniture. <laughs> what? So it just starts to like collapse? Yeah, yeah. Table <laughs> is going to fall over, or someone's going to lean back in that chair, and the leg's just going to fall off. And you, wow, and you're that's like, a good idea. and you're like, oh, 
Oh, that's like sucks. oh, it sucks. I'll take. I'll take. I'll take, I'll take care of it for you. Place. Yeah, and then you're just you just it's yours. You and also you paid wow. for it. So you pro- you paid for it, Phoebe. You're an organized sounding person, Phoebe, yeah. uh, which means that you probably have all of the stupid IKEA wrenches and stuff in a Ziploc bag, either taped mm-hmm. to the underside of the table or in a right. drawer somewhere that no one else has looked in. Right. Um, so that's 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 the sort of malevolent shithead that's way to get really rid of it. Good. Wow. But yeah, it is, but also. The fact that your roommates don't care mean that you probably don't need to do that and you could probably just take the furniture. The other thing that I was thinking about is if it's smaller items, I think the scientific method should be employed. Uh And uh, to see how much they care, uh, if there's like just two cleaning products on a shelf, just take one of them now. Just like oh, take it now and put it in a bag. Yeah, no one's going to care. I mean, if you really yeah, want, yeah. you could replace it with like a little paper cutout that has the name of the product on it. Uh, but I think that might draw more <laughs> attention to it. <laughs> Windex. What, what exactly said. is the function of that? So thing? that your eyes sort of, sort of pass over the shelf. Oh, you sure, don't see I that see. it's gone. Mm. Okay. But uh, but you might trigger people yeah, uh, people's awareness. <laughs> There's a yeah. cartoon drawing of a Windex on a piece you of paper. Could, here's what you do. Take take photographs of everything in in, in the, the home and all the shared spaces. Print out high res- resolution yeah. images of them. And then cut, cut them, them out, out as little paper dolls. And then and replace, <laughs> slowly replace everything in your apartment Literally with printed everything. out paper cutouts. I tried to sit all... down on the chair, but I realized that it was just only looked like a chair from the angle of me coming in the door. And it's a, literally just a huge banner well, see, of a chair from the, Kinko's. Right, but here's the uh, here's like... <laughs> The, the thing with the... And then you're like, this furniture's really flimsy. Yeah, oh, I guess I, yeah. Ikea, am I right? Wow, what a piece of shit. I mean, the thing I was thinking when you talked about the sort of sabotaging the Ikea furniture was that they could, n- on the one hand, the roommates could not care and you could just take the busted furniture. But if they, there's like a level of not caring that gets so extreme that they might also just not care that the furniture is bad and still... And just like, just like, just like, just destroy it, fine, it even more. You're like, it. no, my furniture. That's, like, no. That's true. That could totally backfire. <laughs> yeah. So could, so could just slowly taking things. Yeah. Uh, because the, this could be a situ- this it could be a situation where they 100 percent don't care and like are just like right off the fact that they don't do chores. But it could be that they care only enough to be really insecure about it and then blame you mm. if you take the cleaning supplies and they're like, where's the Windex? And right. Dude, you don't ever use the Windex. I was gonna clean everything today. Yeah. Now that I noticed that you took it, Eddie, you were making a point that about the fact that I don't clean that I secretly feel really guilty about. <laughs> so like, you have to be really yeah. careful with the you first have to read steps the room, here, or sure. just rip read the bandaid off. And on the day that you leave, just say, just "I'm moving out." And out, sorry, these are my cleaning supplies. I need them for the new everything. apartment. It's Bye. fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so you gotta go one of the two ways: the most ginger, scientific, uh, just probe, or just eat shit, just blow it up and go. Right. I mean, that that last one might be the way to go, depending on the kind of roommates you have. Because if, Nick, I feel like you can relate to this given our our shared roommate experiences. Mm. The other possible roommate type is the sort of super chill but also super passive aggressive roommate where if you start like reclaiming your own things they won't say anything about it but they will just like literally go into your room and like look through all your stuff and take the thing that they want to use. You guys had a person who literally did that? I mean Nick I think you have things that are still in the possession of this person. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, uh, the last day that we were in that or that I was in that apartment, I did go into his room. (laughs) (laughs) Take your shit back. And and took my shit back. But then while I was there, I just discovered multiple other things that I didn't even know that I'd lost. (laughs) That were just, you know, like, oh, a blanket that I forgot that I owned that you've been using for a year. You know, Yeah. yeah, yeah, that can that can definitely like backfire on you. 
I mean, the thing that's the thing that is like the big risk. I mean, it sounds like I mean, Phoebe doesn't mention this, so maybe it's not applicable to her situation. The worst fucking roommate move is to just ruin all your shit to the point that you don't even want to take it back anymore. It's like basically the equivalent of a dog marking its territory by pissing on things, which is just like the like using your stuff so aggressively and disrespectfully that it actually like degrades the thing. And then you're like, well, great. Now I can take my busted thing back or I can just leave it here. Right. It's actually better to treat this apartment that I'm moving out of as a trash can. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 God, Nick, you should tell <laughs> – this is not really related to reclaiming furniture. You should tell the story about uh, – I don't know how to like introduce this without <laughs> spoiling the, the punchline of the story – uh, but the time you got home at night to find a messy surprise. What? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Um, no. <laughs> something, had been sp- something had been spilled all over that sort of adjacent living room. room. Oh my, I don't remember what you're talking about, Chris. I wish I did. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> is it a controlled I could jog substance? my memory yeah, here? It might have been a controlled substance. Oh, that was not, that's not the story, Chris. Oh, it's a it's a whole that's a whole thing. Okay. Oh well, well let's let's get let's do this. Let's let's fucking do it then. Let's buckle well, in. Well, that was the one night that I actually socialized with our roommate. Oh right. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, let's you were gone, yeah, uh, and so I was something. I was trapped uh, by this man, and you know it was the kind of roommate that I just you know what he was like it was like you know it's like I, right. fairly affable up to a point yeah. but then you kind of realize like this person lives a life that i don't really want to get involved and in i feel like i was all. able i was able to like kind of coast by with him by sort of just i was able to sort of like yeah force myself to just be like yeah okay whatever it's fine you mm-hmm. two were basically at your wits ends with each other all the time oh man yeah no we and and so like i always kind of felt bad about that you know and and when you were gone he was kind of in one of his moods where i couldn't quite uh be angry at him like there was no way for me to kind of uh wall myself off and just say i'm not putting up with you today he was just being so affable and like oh come out and like you know i made breakfast and you know just oh i'm happy roommate guy and he was like, do you want to like go out and just get like a beer tonight just down at the bar like two blocks away? And I was like, I guess so. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, fine. I, I'll just sort of pay for the months of me not having to deal with you all in one go. I'll have like a single beer with you and that will be it. That will be the end of the story and I will never have to talk to you ever again. And so we went and had a <laughs> beer. A and flawed, flawed premise, but okay. Yeah, yeah. We went and had a beer, and then it turned into two beers, and I was just trying to find a way to, like, get out of the situation, but he just kept drinking, and then as we were leaving the bar, he just, we're sitting on the, like, we're, we're just like, he, he was like, I need to have a smoke or something, and so we went outside to, outside of the bar, and he started just talking to people, and I assumed that they were his friends, but right. he was just, like, striking up a conversation with this random group of people who he then, like, glommed on to us somehow, and right. then now I'm stuck in this like weird situation and I really want to leave. And he was like, oh, okay, well, let's just go back to our apartment. And I was like, oh, God, he's inviting random people into our apartment. All right, at least I can go back and just lock the door. At least I can go back <laughs> right. and Your just you know yeah. have my quarter of the apartment that is just sealed off from whatever is about to happen. And so now there are like five people marching towards our apartment. 
and I'm like trying, I'm dying inside. Like I'm just like yeah. sweating and just so furious that this is like turned into something that I, the contract was signed. It was a beer and now <laughs> it's this whole other thing. And then we're, yeah. on, we're on the way and one of the people that he had talked to was like, you guys want to just like stop on the way to uh, your place? Because like my place is like right here and I have like, I'm a wine cellar. I just have like, you know, tons of wine that we <laughs> nice. could just bring. And I was like, uh, I mean, it's on the way. I, there's, I mean, I guess I could. Uh, all right. And so now we're just walking into this person's house and he's like, Shh, everyone be quiet. Like my daughter's trying to sleep. And he's just he opens this door. And this is like a San Francisco apartment. It's like a it's like, a, it, you know, basically is like a very small two bedroom apartment. He yeah. opens this enormous door and there's just like it's like a wine vault. Like I've it's never just heard this part of the thousands story. of bottles of wine just stacked to the ceiling. Like it's it was insane. And yeah. so now everybody's got like six bottles of wine. Just you know, <laughs> just we're like barreling out of this guy's house. Yeah. yeah, we get back to our apartment, and I just start to beeline for the bedroom. And Brandon's like, "Where are you going? Like, don't you want to have like some of this expensive wine?" And I was like, "I I don't really care. Uh, maybe, maybe sure I'll have like one glass." And so he's like. <laughs> he puts all the wine on this table that you and I had purchased, Chris, that yeah, we never uh-huh. got back from him, by the I way. Know, I know. Uh, and on the table was this <laughs> this enormous model ship. Do you remember this thing? I very strongly remember this. So the ship. Wait, that was neither of yours? No. no. I thought that was Nick's. That seemed like a Nick thing to just have. It does kind of seem like a Nick thing, but the yeah. thing that was like really annoying about it is that he, he, bought, he like was entrusted with this ship. Yeah. By his uncle, as I recall. And yeah. it was like a total piece of shit. I mean, like, it was theoretically <laughs> really cool, but it would have just been trashed. Like, it was it, it was like a, a big model ship. It yeah. dominated this table that, yeah. that Nick and I bought to actually use. Yeah, it was like a, a three-foot-long ship. I mean, yeah, it's it this huge. enormous ship. And But it was like in complete disrepair like yeah. masts were snapped oh yeah like, the rigging was all fucked up and he was like when he first brought it in he's like oh i'm gonna spend the weekend like restoring this and re-rigging it and then i'm gonna give it back to my <laughs> uncle and i was like whoa that's awesome like that's super cool that thing was there for the no. entire duration yeah. of living there and it was still just a total piece of shit like just bundle yeah. of wood basically so he, like sitting on yeah. this table so yeah brandon later admitted to me two things <laughs> uh yeah. well, one one which is pertinent to the, the end of the story uh, the first being that he never intended to uh, restore that ship and he doesn't know how to restore <laughs> model ships. He said that to this old man so that he could get the ship and he knew the old man was going to die soon and he was oh hoping to just God. have the ship when the man died so he could just now take the ship and own it. So he basically what? was doing what he did to our furniture okay. but with an old man and his yeah. model and ship. similar to what he did with our furniture. <laughs> Yeah. It was intrinsically not worth anything if you're just going to right. treat it like shit and never make it not <laughs> yeah. like shit anymore. The other thing he told me is that this ship had a history. And so, you know, all these people came back to the came back to the apartment and uh, you know, he's he's everyone's pouring wine and he's yeah. everyone's like what is this giant model ship, Brandon? Tell us about this. And he's like, "Well, this ship was given to this old man that I know, and he told me the story that it was actually used to smuggle drugs in from Mexico. They would what? put it's cocaine. They would put cocaine in the hold of this fake oh. ship, and then just like take it across the border, and what? no one would check it because it just looks like a model ship. It wasn't an actual yeah. ship. Yeah. And as he's explaining <laughs> this, don't check that one, guys. That's yeah. not a real ship. <laughs> right? As he's explaining this. 
he just starts taking out bags of cocaine, like actual <laughs> cocaine, and laying it on the table. And he's like, you know, in this ship, you know, I'm going to restore it soon. And he's just like casually, like setting lines of cocaine out on the table as he's talking about this cocaine drug smuggling ship. I didn't know any of this detail. <laughs> And I was like, "All right," he, he, and he was like, "What, Nick? You're not going to do any?" And I was like, "No, goodbye. I'm, I'm now. This is, this is finally over. I, we have reached the point at which it is no longer like awkward for me to leave. It is actually right. like, in, like yeah. very, very uh, uh, necessary. It was yeah. a disaster. Oh my anyway, <laughs> it's just that guy. That guy. What? <laughs> I mean, land like." <laughs> Was it fine after that? What the hell? No, of course not. I sat like huddling in my room, just like terrified of what was going to happen with like strangers doing cocaine in our apartment. I think I texted you. I'm pretty sure I just said like, there are people doing cocaine in our apartment yeah, right now, you, Chris. Like, you, I don't know what did, to do. I, you did. Yeah. I mean, you did. Uh, well, but the thing you said was there's cocaine all over the table. Like I don't, and I was like, I always, I always internalize this as like, <laughs> no. you came home to find the no. remnants of a like no. coke fueled party. Yeah. That's always how I interpreted this. Uh, well, I think I may have sent that text the next morning. At which point, there still was <laughs> cocaine, still was on, cocaine the on the table, which I had to yeah. clean up. Right, that uh, part I remember. Yes, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. God. All right. Well. Yeah, uh, it was a disaster. Yeah. Anyway, um, we should definitely take a break. At this yeah, I hope that helps, Phoebe. Let's take a break. This episode of Important of True is brought to you by Quip. Electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months, so your bristles are always fresh. Every three months, you'll get a new brush head to just pump up those good, good bristles and that great mouthfeel. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you'll get your first brush head refill free, no matter what plan you choose. Uh, so we have a we have a quip related email right. this week. Uh, Thomas Huber writes, "Dear Quip Crew, uh-huh. on your last pod, Chris explained how the timer worked on a Quip toothbrush and how it buzzes when you should move from quadrant to quadrant. His listed quadrants were inside top, outside top, inside bottom, and outside bottom. <laughs> yeah, this seems wrong." The surface no. area on the inner quadrants is much smaller than the outer, but they are given equal time. I would like much to s- smaller. That's a- I would like to suggest you use my correct quadrants: top left, top right, bottom right, bottom left. This should normalize the surface area to time ratio. No, that sucks. Your top teeth are way bigger than your bottom teeth. And how do you how do you how do you do t- top right? You have to like do half of your. Yeah. Yep. But then you have to split your time between the inside and the outside of that quadrant. Look, here's what else all I'm going to say about this: the Quip toothbrush gives you four equally timed segments for you to 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 divide up as you wish. <laughs> I think this email from who is it? Thomas. I think I Thomas's think. method is bullshit. I think it's garbage. But you know what, Thomas? If you get your own Quip, no one's going to stop you. I'm certainly not going to stop you. You know, go with God. Do it. Divide up your teeth to your heart's Quip, content. Go with God. <laughs> it's you know great. <laughs> All power to you, but I think that's nonsense. I stick by the uh, upper outer, upper inner, lower outer, and lower inner. Sticking, I'm sticking with my my plan. Mm. Uh, but you can stick with any plan you like um, by going to tryquip.com/slash/thumbs. Uh, you will get your first brush head refill free i mean hey try a different one every day try a different method every day i wouldn't recommend doing that indefinitely because part of the 
what's really great about this toothbrush is that the little timer gets you into the rhythm of a regimen that is consistent every day. And I find when I use a normal toothbrush now, I'm like, I have no idea. Am I brushing my teeth enough? I don't even know. Like, am I getting the getting the equally sized things? Who, who knows? But, you know, try it out. Spend the first week trying out different quadrants, see how it treats you. And then once you find the one you like, you stick to it forever. Tryquip.com slash thumbs. All right. Let's do a... Um, Let's do an ad. Oh, no, sorry. Nope. Robert Hoffman asks, if you could total recall 72 consecutive hours worth of astonishingly vibrant memories into your brain, what would you choose to experience? I wonder if this has <clears> to, <throat> is this like something that we, memories we actually have? Or, or yeah. No, I mean, it's like inventing. I mean, if it's total recall. Yeah, that's true. Those are inventing. That means that like just creating. like you can just create an experience in your brain that you never had, but your memories uh, act as if it's something that actually happened to you. Right. Yeah. That's huh. a, I don't know. I, this is one of those. Jeez. It's like when yeah, when it's that well, open ended. I con- feel like the, the context paralysis- isn't. Yeah, I mean, like the context isn't that you're you're living it. It's the it, you're having the memory of it, right? So that's that's got to be taken into account. Well, that's I mean, that's the whole point of Total Recall is that you like right. It's as though you it's had the, that experience. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not like you know, like not, not you wouldn't necessarily want it to be like. 72 hours of just like kicking it on my couch like you know what i mean like <laughs> right. it's just, yeah 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 although maybe you know if just every weekend i could have an additional memory of three weekends injected maybe that wouldn't be the worst i'm just like that's, that's so true, relaxed that's but yeah, why do actually, i feel so yeah. tired can i well, it depends do the physiological benefits of rest and relaxation work if they're mm, like mm. would you would you would you have I would a situation no. where you're like yeah i don't think so yeah you're like oh i although you would, god i just know i'm relaxed but i'm so exhausted exhausted because i spent those 72 like unbeknownst to me i spent those 72 hours in yeah, the could, fucking could, like ai salt mines or whatever you didn't actually is. someone just went and just said okay your brain has three additional days of no but i'm in saying it. in reality oh. what you did was your terrible mm. life oh and so I see. your body is like right I your see. life sucks and your brain's like your life's amazing <laughs> yeah so so you just go to the doctor and be like i don't know why i'm tired all the time it's really strange uh I take all these weekends like you have <laughs> yeah, not taken like, a weekend in like six years <laughs> yeah gross yeah. Uh, could could this be uh, a slightly more aggressive or weaponized version of this where, like, for instance, I prank one of you by injecting uh, three days where you believed Total Recall to be real into your brain? <laughs> <laughs> of course, for that to happen, I would need to have access to real Total Recall technology, yeah, it but it would real. just be hidden so what from that, you. What does that mean? Is the three hours, like... Where you're just like, I went to the Total Recall place and they said they could give me any vacation that I wanted. <laughs> oh, but I can't find it now. It doesn't. See, it, I, where I thought it was just like <laughs> over on Townsend, but it's not. I went there and it's just a subway. I thought you meant that the actual film Total Recall was beamed into your brain <laughs> in like a marathon, such that you believed like what a terrible. <laughs> but you uh, I dreamt that I was like... in a really comfortable theater, but I had to watch Total Recall like twenty five times. No, 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 that's like, you know, so you're just like, oh yeah, remember that part where he was like the real Quaid? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was classic. Oh, uh, it was. It's like, I, oh, you mean you're talking about the movie Total Recall? No, when no, I, no, no, no. When, me, when when he, <laughs> I like that you know that it's not you. Also, when 
when well because he's because if you're cause yeah because the events the of that film aren't from first that's person. so weird yeah. Yeah. where yeah. were you when you saw this i don't know what else was there <laughs> i don't really know like was there stuff like what was like i was next him? to him and I, then i was I, like I across from I, him yeah, yeah i have no idea what exactly <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah. I see then i was like running eyes. down the hall like you know sometimes another guy i saw like what another guy was doing like a bad guy i think he was bad <laughs> anyway, it seemed extraordinarily real, and I'm pretty sure it happened to me somehow uh, that I experienced yeah. these things. And I'm like, and then I'm like, ha ha ha! It's because I injected, I used Total Recall technology to inject the movie Total Recall into your brain. <laughs> F- ev- fuck you! The events of the movie yes. Total Recall and all the aesthetic and cin- cinematic in the choices. Film, yes. Total Recall. <laughs> I was really close to a briefcase when it opened, but then I was behind the guy looking into the briefcase. Oh, it was really strange. I was in this, like, I was in this airport or whatever when this guy's face, like, sort of exploded. Uh, but like, but I then I fine. saw the guy's totally face fine. watching the face explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if, what if actually the one that gets beamed into your head is the 2016 or whatever Total Recall? That's a bummer because no one could even uh, relate yeah. to you when you explain whatever happened like, in it, oh sweet sounds like to- that sounds like total recall it must be real because this person's having a really total recall-esque experience <laughs> right. but it's not the one that no, anyone knows actually, about you know what happened is you would be explaining the things from total recall and you're like oh arnold schwarzenegger's <laughs> in it they're like no <laughs> you'd no be, you'd be like yeah remember when this happened they're like oh yeah yeah you're talking about the movie total recall it's like this and they say it slightly differently and you're like no 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 that's not what happened it was this like slightly less good version of that thing like you'd be in a weird state where people understand like have the same memories you have but in but like dear important if true have different like (laughs) interpretations of them dear important if true what if i raised my child off of only remakes Someone else trying to dial into this podcast? Yeah, we're being hacked. <laughs> someone oh, just someone someone called just called the phone that we use to talk to Nick Brecken while we're doing this. So we so I just got the like little call <laughs> waiting beep on this telephone, uh, presumably from fucking like Quaid or someone. It was from yeah, the other Nick right. Brecken from the reboot universe. That's that's true. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, people were asking. If this means like that, you get seventy-two hours to do this, but I think it's you implant seventy-two hours worth of memories into someone is what the, is what the question was asking. Otherwise, it was like, do you get, uh, uh, you know, like, you can't say like <laughs> you have seventy-two hours to figure out how to implant memories into someone's brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start now. cut to us in this recording. Cut studio, to us surrounded by wires, yeah. being like, "Sound Blaster live, microphone in." <laughs> That's not what it's called. Someone's hacking our Nick Brecken phone. Someone's call. dialing into our iPhone. No, no, no. We yeah. probably have about seventy-two hours of important if true podcast at this point. Just, just cram that right in there. Oh, I remembered. Oof. Well, that would be the <laughs> guys. <laughs> We have this new technology that will let me implant memories into any of the three of us is the specifics of these questions. Right. Uh, I've implanted an additional version of you sitting in this recording studio spending 72 hours recording Important If True. <laughs> oh, no. Congrats. <laughs> you might already remember that. Now you remember it slightly more clearly and co- in a compact way mm-hmm. um, f- for no reason. Mm-hmm. So switching gears, we have a very... Um, uh, a much more mundane, I would say, day-to-day concern here from Alec from Australia, who writes, I had to stop listening to a recent podcast. After the less and fewer commentary, 
Jake's misuse of itching was infuriating and I couldn't get past it. I don't know where this comes from, but it's uniquely American and it drives me nuts. As the rest of the world correctly understands it, your leg itches. The sensation is itching. You scratch your itchy leg. The act of relieving the sensation is scratching. You do not itch yourself to relieve the sensation. To itch yourself implies willing some point on your body to itch. Also, I've been itching constantly while writing this and pausing to scratch furiously, so thanks for that. Cheers, Alec from Australia. This, this email itself reads like an itch to me. Yeah. The sort of like compulsive repetition of these words yeah. itches my brain. Yes. The I want to scratch it. The slightly rude tone I will ignore. Uh, and and we'll <laughs> totally in good faith you'll take the email in good faith. Yes, because it is it is surely true that I transposed itch and scratch. I didn't need the definition because I will point out uh, that I write the descriptions to many episodes of Important If True, including th- uh-huh. the episode in question here that uh, Alec was writing about. Uh-huh. And I will quickly read the description to you to, to prove that I, a dumb American, um, <laughs> at know least know up? something. Okay. December 16th, 2017. There are certain pieces of knowledge, things uh, one has observed or learned, that become like a single grain of sand in the folds of the brain, an itch you can't scratch, mm. a thing you can't make go away. So I Look understand itch and scratch. That said, I, th- On the record. I think Americans... Getting like subject and object related verbs backwards is a thing because like the the Great Lakes area or like Twin Cities area, uh-huh. a really common one is to get borrow and lend backwards. I'm gonna you borrow serious? you something. Is that a thing? Yes, that is a big Wait, time is, thing. Nick, you're from the Great Lakes area, right? Have you never yeah. heard borrow and lend be transposed? I'm gonna borrow I, you a book. I guess I have. Yeah. No. That's now a, that I think about it, yeah. Yeah. Huh. And scratch itch is is one that like I think people just yeah. How I, the hell did you know that? Because I have friends from the Midwest who have pointed that out as something that really bothers wow. them. It's been in conversations like I've had, you know, just sort of like ways that people just get language wrong. Yeah. That's one that has come up often is is, is for yeah, me for yeah. some reason is borrow and lend being reversed. And it makes me wonder if getting like verbs that are related to to the subject and object backwards is because of just English because of American English. Mm. being built up by so many people who speak languages that are conjugated in a different order than huh. colloquial English is. Interesting. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that's... Because, I, I mean, English English is a language in which subject, object, and verb basically just gets shuffled around like a cup game depending on how you want to compose your sentence and it still holds up. But I think that... Because, um, you know, an itch is something that you scratch, but, you know, or like... Yeah. It's, it seems very similar to something that is borrowed versus loaning someone something, you know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know. It, it seems like we get a lot of those backwards and it's, it, it might be sloppiness, but I wonder if it's, I mean, it, it is sloppiness, but I don't know if it comes from actually being dumb and not understanding how language works in general, as much as other grammatical structures are, you know, just were like people just learned yeah. English second and brought the wrong pieces it's, of knowledge. in. It's possible. It's really hard to know, but I'm sure there are people who have studied that. Uh, I, I have actually two. Um, these are not neither of these is like a funny thing, but I have two legitimate uh, responses um, to that, Jake. One is a thing that gets passed around on the Internet. I would say maybe once every six months, people sort of rediscover this and, and, and post a bunch about it. And it's uh, it's a New York Times dialect quiz where it asks you what word from a multiple choice list you use in a certain situation. So the first question is, how would you address a group of two more people? And the options are you all use you lot, you guys, 
yuans, yins, you, other, or y'all. And you answer that, and then it gives you the next 25 questions. It gives you the next one. And then it, you go through 25 of these, and at the end, it's like your speech patterns are you know, associated with this region. Mm-hmm. And people frequently, I mean, often the reason this gets shared is because people take this quiz and go, wow, it totally it nailed, it, nailed it. Yeah. You know, And yeah. sometimes it doesn't, but obviously, but like... Um, and a lot of people are from multiple places, so there's you know sort of an interesting mesh, uh, and it's just a fascinating example of regional language. Um, yeah, that's good. And how it evolves, and then or how it's it sort of cements itself. And then the other thing I have, there's a podcast uh, by Slate called Lexicon Valley by John McWhorter, who is a he's a he's a professor of linguistics at I want to say NYU. I think is definitely a school in New York, maybe Columbia, but I think it's NYU. And it's a fantastic podcast. I believe it's bi-weekly. And it is just about language, primarily the English language, because he is a, an American native English speaker. But it invo- it often involves um, linguistic sort of pr- principles or history from all over the world. And he is essentially just investigates and describes and um, discusses different ways the language, English language and otherwise works and evolves and how these things have come to be and the etymology of words and phrases. And a big sort of thesis you can kind of get if you listen to a bunch of episodes of this podcast is that there isn't is people's ideas about what is right linguistically has just changes over the centuries. And like um sometimes for reasons that we can understand and and sort of say, ah, yes, it totally makes sense that this changed in this way and it's a more efficient use of language or a more accurate, sort of more usable way to use these words. But sometimes it's for just completely indeterminate or absurd reasons. And sometimes we don't even know why a given thing changed. We can just say, well, in the 1700s, this word changed from this to this. And and it's really fascinating. It's a very interesting, and he's a very um, engaging and sort of just fun speaker on this stuff. So that's called Lexicon Valley from Slate. And then the New York Times dialect quiz. I think if you just search for New York Times dialect quiz, you'll find it. Uh, it'll be the first result. I just tried it and that worked out. Nice. So maybe, Jake, your itch and scratch is just a uh, some remnant of some long buried, even buried and buried. That's another one of those things, probably. Yeah, it's funny um, to think about like to itch as a replacement for scratch. I understand why that is incorrect, but I'll at the same time, someone <coughs> saying I'm itching to do something is a total uh, mm-hmm. like American. I mean, that does have a different implication. Yeah. Yes, I would say itch using itch for scratch is almost like saying I'm going to dust my apartment. Yes. You know, which mm. by which you mean I'm going to remove yeah. the dust in the way that scratching remo- hopefully removes an itch. Yes. But you're using the actual thing you're trying to get rid of as the action. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Well, there you go. Shall we endorse? We should. Uh, I will endorse first today. I am going to endorse something that I have mentioned in passing, I think, many times over the years of our podcast. I know I've. It's certainly come up on Idle Thumbs occasionally. It may even have been mentioned once or twice on Important If True, but I'm going to officially endorse the New York Times crossword puzzle. Oh, wow. Which comes out every day and has done for, I don't know, since most of the 20th century, as far as I know. Uh, and um, 
I use the iPhone app, the iOS app. They, for some reason, the official app is only available on iPhone and iPad, which is which is a bummer. So if you uh, have an Android phone, they don't have an app for that anymore. They used to, and actually, I when I had an Android phone. Um, they had an app for it, and when they discontinued that app, it was one of the reasons I switched uh, back to iOS. Um, Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing the New York Times crossword puzzle every day since, I want to say, like 2009 or 2010, um, and I have done every puzzle since then. I don't always complete it every day within the deadline. Like, there's sort of... You can complete any puzzle from any day, any day you want if you have a subscription. This is a paid subscription. Um and it's fine, and it doesn't matter, but if you complete it before, um, I guess, midnight Eastern time, I think, is what it is, it, every day you complete it within that time, it adds to your, like, streak. So I think my highest streak is 37 days in a row completing the crossword before midnight on the day it's released. Uh, and I think my current streak is, like, 31 or 32. So I'm actually... It's pretty in- good. You're yeah, catching up. Inching yeah. up to my to my top score. But I just really like having this daily ritual. Um, it's something that has been surprisingly, in a very tiny way, but surprisingly anchoring um, because it is... I, the amount of time I've spent doing... Not the amount of time I've spent, but the total chunk of contiguous life during which I have done the New York Times crossword puzzle has straddled many extremely significant life events and, and changes uh, for me. And it's kind of cool to have something and it tracks all of your stats going back years. And, you know, I can see what's my average time to complete a Monday puzzle versus a, a Saturday puzzle, with those being the easiest to hardest in order. Um, Sunday being somewhere in the middle. And, uh, it's just a very fun activity. It's something that doesn't, that is, it's difficult, but you get better at it just by doing it. Like it's not. That's partly because it sort of uses its own language and yeah. quirks that you get into, right? Mm-hmm. It has its own vernacular. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of learn it and it's not really, it's not like a big deal if you're not great at it right off the bat. It's just kind of something you can plug away at um, and fill time without just being on Twitter or whatever on my phone, which is what I would be doing otherwise if I'm in a situation where I'm literally just killing time. Like this is something where occasionally I will just learn some fact incidentally or a word that I didn't know before. Um, I would not ha- I would not say doing the crossword puzzle is educational in any significant way, but it's sort of a fun way to um, keep your, your brain limber day to day. Um, and I know I am playing into my long-established old person <laughs> reputation by recommending this, <laughs> but you know what can I say? I've been doing it every day since I was uh, like 20, 25. So, <laughs> oh. yeah. God, if I'd been doing it every day since I was six, I would probably be able to like win crossword puzzle championships. Like, my, yeah, my you, you would be a crossword are. designer by now. Yeah, yeah. my yeah. longest streak of six hundred and twenty days. Five, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in two thousand one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's my recommendation. New York Times crossword puzzle. There is an app for iOS, and there are other ways to do it on your computer. Um, obviously, in the daily paper as well, but you'd have to actually subscribe to the New York Times daily paper to do that. But they have a. I don't know how the website one works because I just do it on my phone. But there are there are different methods, and I will link them in the description of this episode. I have to brief do a little brief endorsement of your own internally consistent uh, style guide 
when uh-huh. it came to the years of this of your phone ownership, you said 2009 to 2010, and I really appreciated that you didn't say 2009 to 10. Ah. <laughs> I thought that was a really nice like. <laughs> you had you had there was someone on ed- at an editor's desk wow. who went oh. That's correct, and they didn't leave a note on it for you. Like your inter- internal, or st- I mean, or that's totally incorrect and inconsistent. I think that in the style of of like you know newspapers writing out O N E through through like T E N or like how many numbers you get past ten before right. you start using the numbers. Yeah. I liked that your wow, that's a good interesting observation. I definitely was yeah, not your two thousand nine to twenty ten was very specific, yeah. and I really enjoyed that. Like that's the cutoff <laughs> when you switch right. uh, as far as how you talk about it. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, Nick, what do you have today? This I week? have a sort of complimentary endorsement. I'm going to okay. endorse a New York Times article. Oh, uh, that, that? because in this sort of uh, atmosphere of 2017 nonstop insane news, I feel like this article somehow flew under the radar, uh, uh, for lack of a, a better phrase. And I don't understand how, but it's fascinating. It's called Glowing Auras and Black Money, the Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Program. Have you guys seen this oh, article? I saw this, yeah. I this I is absolutely bonkers. Like, first of all, okay, so the article so is... Say, this, say, you sort of rushed through the title. Say the title yeah. again. Glowing Auras and Black Money, the Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Program. It's almost something we talk about on this podcast, but not quite, because it's just kind of... Just, just it's like reading it's, about the X Files is real. It is. It is the yeah. X Files is real. I mean, they so Harry, former Senator Harry Reid, in two thousand seven, started a secret money or a secret project funded uh, with taxpayer money, twenty two million dollars of taxpayer funded, to to get the Pentagon to start a division to look into UFOs. The craziest thing about this is that okay, so there there are two aspects which are which are <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. One is uh-huh. with, one is that the company that they hired uh, to contract this work out God, to. Can you imagine submitting your bid, your federal oh my government bid to be like, the what UFO? What do you even do? Like, You're like just like just, just page one, just ancient <laughs> aliens. <Yeah. laughs> uh, we've we've subcontracted the ancient yeah. aliens guy. We've brought on a, <laughs> but at a really low rate though, like really good. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 He was he was not expensive. <laughs> We will outbid anyone on the appearance of ancient aliens guy. We will not be underbid. I mean, it, it kind of seems like, I mean, it's insane. So, like, I mean, number one, they, the, 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 the company that they, that they got to do this uh, is run by a friend of, a personal friend of Harry Reid's, which is already suspicious. Uh, I hope it's the ancient aliens guy. But, so, so the, but the craziest thing about this is that there are videos that the Pentagon has released as part of this program that are actually kind of they they escape the sort of um like moon gas category of ufo videos you know where you can just you can tell like whatever this is it's not probably like an atmospheric like naturally occurring phenomenon this right, is probably not, some kind of moon gas it's not moon that real gas thing that's real it's <laughs> yeah. well i'm just saying you know the, the fake the fake just you know the stuff that they would sure. normally like get on men sure. in black uh-huh. film yeah. or something weather just, you know, balloon, whatever weather yeah. balloon or whatever yeah. there's something something weird is being captured on these videos that being said uh, the th- the craziest paragraph of this whole article is <laughs> that being that- said, there's probably a real organization that can figure out what it is for <laughs> yeah, real. Like well, it's oh it's- wow, what a fascinating phenomenon. Well, uh, so I mean, it's still the Pentagon. Like so, so this is the craziest thing is that about two thirds of the way through this article, it says. 
Under Mr. Bigelow's direction, this is the guy who runs this company, Bigelow Aerospace, the company modified buildings in Las Vegas for the storage of metal alloys and other materials that program contractors said had been recovered from UFOs. Oh They've stuck and they and now so here's the thing, right? The the reporters who wrote this article, one, are incredibly like prestigious reporters uh, for the New York Times. They came out with an article today to defend this, and one of the uh, reporters went on TV and said they have these alloys, and verifiably, like they have told me that they don't know what they are. They like they have run it through every <laughs> spectrum analysis, and they don't actually know. It's crazy. It's insane that this has happened. Like it's published in the fucking New York Times, and nobody's talking about. It. Like nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. It's just it is just the most 2017 fucking thing yeah, in the just, world. Like okay, it is yeah, just aliens, amazing. Yeah, okay, whatever. Whatever. Aliens, okay. That is the least important <laughs> shit in my life right now. Yeah, it's it's really it's funny to me for many reasons. But call but me also back when they're literally blowing up cities. Until right. Yeah. Then, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We might do it ourselves, so let's just fry. let's yeah yeah exactly. Anyway, it's a it's a fascinating read. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. All right. We'll definitely link to that. Um, yeah. Just uh, meanwhile, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Anyway. Uh, All right, Jake, you're left. Yeah. On behalf of basically every single person who wrote us this week. Yeah. Uh, well, a couple weeks ago at this point. Yeah. Oh, I guess uh, people have been, we, people have we been recording this. marinating this is, in this for like a month now. Yeah, that's true. By the time this comes out, uh, just in case you haven't read it, I would like to endorse a. F- Should I describe what this is first? Yeah, I guess we've. Yeah, a a procedurally aided text recreating a new chapter of Harry Potter. Yeah, that's the best way to describe this. Yeah. Uh, it's using those predictive text tools that we have Yeah, have a lot of the very same tool from time to time. A lot of people, yeah, yeah it is the same tool it it's is actually. The exact same a lot tool, of people yeah. wrote in about this saying, "Oh, a bot wrote a Harry Potter chapter or like an AI wrote a Harry Potter chapter." That's not what this is. It's it is a hilarious it's thing. Ancient aliens wrote a Harry I Potter know, I mean, chapter. <laughs> it's it's a predictive text assisted uh, Harry Potter chapter in a fake book called Harry Potter and the Portrait of What Looked Like a Large Pile of Ash, <laughs> which is a, a hilarious title. I, so. I would like to, to point out that I read this whole thing the other day, and it is the most Harry Potter I've ever read. So my <laughs> the, the entirety of my <laughs> textual familiarity with Harry Potter is this thing. The way that it is worded reads very much like J.K. Rowling. I mean, the way that these work, we, we talked about it before when we when we used the botnik.org keyboard to write a fake episode of Important If True. You feed their tool the entirety of like yeah. all of the text of all the Harry Potter books, and then it basically works like the predictive text keyboard on your iOS or Android phone, except that the only pieces of English language that it knows is how J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter. So... Mm-hmm then you can sort of just keep pressing the give me the next word one of a few uh, and usually if you're a funny person or have an agenda you can make it predict you can make it output some pretty funny stuff funnier things um, yeah. Yeah. this one though the, the, the people at Botnik who made this create your own predictive text keyboard they went all out on the Harry Potter one because they actually typeset it as if it's a Harry Potter novel mm-hmm. and took photographs of it as if it's like a lost I mean, it looks Harry like Potter they work. printed it onto that really distinctive onto like, like book, book paper. paper yeah. yeah, it's very nice. I don't even know if it's worth reading any pieces of this or not. It's what it's what the readers demand, certainly. <laughs> I guess I can read the first page of the chapter they released, which is chapter sure. 13, Go for the it. handsome one. <laughs> 
So this is, you know, partway through the through um, the classic Harry Potter and the portrait of what looked like a pile of ash, a mm-hmm. large pile of ash. So chapter 13, the handsome one. The castle grounds snarled with a wave of magically magnified wind. The sky outside was a great black ceiling which was full of blood. The only sounds drifting from Hagrid's hut were the disdainful shrieks of his own furniture. Magic. It was something that Harry Potter thought was very good. <laughs> Leathery sheets of rain lashed at Harry's ghost as he walked across the grounds towards the castle. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Ron was standing there and doing a kind of frenzied tap dance. <laughs> he saw Harry and immediately began to eat Hermione's family. <laughs> this is my favorite sentence, though. Ron- God, I can't even say it. <laughs> It's construction is so insane and it's so good. <laughs> you want me to do it? No. Ron's Ron shirt was just as bad as Ron himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the image of Ron wearing a Ron yeah. shirt. Yeah, no, that's the best. I, I don't know I anything it. about this character, like what this He's is. He's kind of a goof. So it's just like it makes it, yeah, makes it sound like the most pathetic asshole he is. you could ever imagine. <laughs> I mean, he is. Well, it's, it's the, guy who sh- the guy who shows up wearing a shirt of his own face on himself. And it's And bad. then everyone's like, oh, God, Ron. It's, it's surprisingly in character. <laughs> <laughs> if you two can't clump happily, I'm going to get aggressive, confessed the reasonable Hermione. So anyway, that's page one of what is many pages. The, um, the addendum to this is... Um, there's an illustrator on Twitter uh, named Megan Nicole Dong who goes by her. Uh, she's at Sketch Shark on Twitter, and very she very good art Twitter artist, really account. good Twitter account to follow. But she went and did a ton of illustrations of the moments depicted in these, and they're really good. Yeah, uh, I was looking to see if Ron's Ron shirt is depicted, and I'm sure it is. But um, we'll link to some highlights. Yeah, it's it's worth going and looking through. It's 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 really good depictions of this stupid garbage. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> Here's Ron's Ron shirt. That's exactly what I pictured when I thought of this. Yeah. This like dipshit in shades wearing a shirt. That's of it. himself. <laughs> <laughs> in the illustration, his shirt reads Bad Ron. Yep. Ah, it's good. Very good. That's yeah. actually, that's a good interpretation because that implies bad in the Michael Jackson sense. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. But also bad. But also, also definitely bad. Um, all right. Well, those are our endorsements. That's what we endorse to you this week. Thank you for listening to Important If True. If you have a question, if you need our advice, if you need us to solve a problem for you or work anything through, please go ahead and send it to questions at importantiftrue.com and we will do our best. Um, We may or may not be back next week. We will try to be back next week. I'm still going to be out of town for most of the week, so not not sure if we'll be able to to swing it, but uh, we'll just see what happens. If not, we'll see you in two weeks, and, and thank you for sticking with us. If you like the show, please tell a friend. That is the only uh, route we have to growing our audience, finding new listeners to share this show with, and it means a lot to us when you all do, when you share it on Twitter, Facebook, or in person, or wherever else you do. Uh, it is really really cool and thank you so much for doing that it's so cool it is so cool um our website is important if and there there are links to everywhere that we reside on the internet <laughs> and there there are links to everywhere there, there are links to everywhere <laughs> chris uh, has been replaced by a botnik keyboard mm-hmm. <laughs> uh every episode also has a forum thread so you can discuss our dumb bullshit with other people who listen to this podcast and those are all linked 
on our website and I think in the description to each episode on the podcast description. Is that true? I don't remember. I don't think so. The forums? Yeah. We should, but there we aren't. We should. There aren't right now. We did that we on should. the Twin Peaks podcast. We yeah. always said discuss it in the forums. Yeah, but. we should do that. Uh, well, in any case, uh, importantoftrue.com, you can find stuff there. Uh, thank you for listening. We will be back in one or two weeks. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Until then. Until then, stay spicy. Stay spicy. Stay that I'm way. I'm behind a little bit. I'm lagged. That's okay. <laughs> I'll cut the difference. <laughs>